Hi, listeners. We want to tell you about some upcoming live events where you can join Kate and I. We're excited to announce that our upcoming Tend Her 3.0 program is happening. This is our third year in a row where we've received a grant that allows us to offer this program for free for up to 1,000 women. Our theme this year is resilience. We've realized these fast-moving times that are filled with lots of complexity require resilience. So in this four-week online program, we're going to be learning the science of resiliency, as well as all the tools that we need to strengthen our resiliency muscle. Registration for this opens October 4, and the program starts October 23. In addition, we are so excited to announce that this year we're adding to the Tend Her program an in-person Women's Resiliency Summit on Friday, November 17th from 9 to 4 p.m. It's going to be held at Little Lights on the Lane. Registration for this event will open October 23rd, the first day of the Tend Her 3.0 program. If you want to be first to know, follow us on Instagram at Kate Moreland Coaching, at Dr. Yoga Mama, and at Tend Her Wild. Last but certainly not least, consider joining Kate and I for a full live and in-person week of rewilding in the wilds of Costa Rica on yoga and meditation retreat, May 11th to the 18th, this coming 2024. Space is limited, but for more information on this event and how to register, go to www.oneyogaglobal.com. That's O-N-E, yogaglobal.com. This episode is being sponsored by Revival, a women-owned and operated clothing store located in downtown Iowa City, offers a curated selection of modern, resale, and vintage clothing and gifts. Revival focuses on brands that empower women and promote ethical and sustainable practices. Making sure your wardrobe and your style look great while doing our planet and community good. Celebrating 20 years this fall, find them on the Ped Mall in downtown Iowa City or shop 24-7 online at RevivalIwaCity.com. Use promo code TENDHER23 for 15% off your purchase. Who are you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Tinder podcast listeners, we're here today after some intense weeks in our world and perhaps your own individual lives to talk about how do we attempt to stay calm and centered in such a divisive world where there's so much pain and there's so much suffering? How do we move through it, being aware of it, witnessing it, but certainly not absorbing it? So, this is our conversation today. Welcome. Thanks. Yeah, this is a very challenging time. I've been, we started talking about this at the beginning of the week and I was reflecting on and, and looking into like, is this just unusual or is this really how it, it is periodically? And I've just forgotten. It feels so big right now and heavy, but 
and I, some people say, no, things are hard. Often we just forget, but it does feel particularly, the pain feels particularly uh, heavy right now, globally. And then nationally this week with the shooting and just the things that, you know, you wake up in the morning and you find, I find myself bracing for maybe what's, you know, yeah. here we go again. And so I guess it maybe doesn't matter whether it's this heavy other times, but it just feels feels particularly heavy right yeah. now. I, it's interesting because I'm feeling the heaviness of it, but I'm actually really um, protecting myself from it. I very consciously choose to not consume a lot of media because I am such a highly sensitive person and it it takes me down and then I'm not good for my family and my clients and my work life. So it doesn't feel, I, I kind of maybe am in the camp of life is always heavy. There's always something going on. There's always challenge. And I think that is the nature of life. I think my perspective is we're in earth school and earth school is dense and yeah. challenging and hard. And there's always going to be something. And how how do we still grow and learn and evolve in the midst of all the pain? Um, but I but I hear and I've talked to a lot of people that are feeling especially overwhelmed. We're also, I think, going into the darkest time of the year. These are at least if you live in the northern hemisphere. I know we have friends in the Southern hemisphere too, but we're, yeah, we're heading into the time where the days get shorter. And so we are, our mood states are impacted by the light starting to wane. Yeah. So sometimes things feel even heavier in the fall in yeah. the fall and into the winter months than they do perhaps at other times of the year when we have more natural sunlight. Yeah. So you're right. It makes it even more important to understand what you need to do as an individual to deal with the overwhelm. Yeah. To stay in the present moment. You know, all the the tools that we do have at our disposal to manage during these times. And and I think you can still acknowledge the pain and know what's going on. And yet, like you said, do the work to protect yourself so that you can still show up for the people yeah. you need to and that's the balancing act, right? It's the light and the dark. You have to find both. Yeah. And see both. And yeah, I think there's an acknowledgement that we are living in dire times. Times are speeding up. There's a lot unfolding. And we are living in an extremely toxic culture. I talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, the food, the environment, the... um you know, there's the 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 war, <laughs> the conflict. There's a lot of it. This is a a toxic, so much racial inequity, gender inequity, political polarization. I mean, it's kind of, you know, hate crimes, all of it. And these issues are all very complex. Mm -hmm. And for us to even fully understand why now, right. what is it about now? I don't think we can figure that out. But yeah, how do we navigate it without it taking us down. I think that's the key. I How do we navigate it without it taking us down? And I think for some people, like you said, as highly sensitive people, as people prone to anxiety, these times are particularly challenging. And so it's even more important knowing yourself and what you can take and how it affects you is re becomes really key because we do all absorb it differently. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I was interested to hear from you, like you wake up and you're almost bracing and I'm thinking like, well, why do you wake up and look? 
you know what? Let's talk about that because you and I have different perspectives on this. I think you are a much bigger consumer of current events and news. And I, I know what's going on, but from a distant. And so some people might say, well, you're not as engaged as you should be as a, a citizen. And I'm like, no, I'm protecting myself. So I'm I'm curious, like how you're doing or how you process the news or how you take it in. And maybe we can talk about our own individual ways of thinking. So I, I, I go through periods where I don't watch anything. So I'm more of a, I'm not as consistent about it. When something's peaking, I tend to tune in a little bit more. And sometimes it's just like this morning, I'll be totally honest. I was like, I hope they've caught him. Mm-hmm. I just think of all the people that are sheltering in place and afraid and Maine and, and is, she's referring to the shooting, that the shooting that happened this week. Yeah. And the fact that that person's still at large. And so that's probably, probably has to do with my own background and criminal law and all those kinds yeah, of things that I'm kind of, of drawn to knowing that there's some justice that someone has yeah. been apprehended. And so for me, it was just checking in to see if that had, had been caught this morning. Like yeah. that, that was something I needed to know because I knew it would put me at ease to know that that had happened and it, it is not yet. But, um, but then I, I tend to shut it off. Like if I, if I just want to know, right. Or I'll just check on my phone. Sometimes it's just that. I don't do it every day for everything by any means. Um, and I, but I do know about myself that when I limit it and just do it enough to feel informed and then shut it off, that I can move through my day better versus if I'm checking a couple times a day or if I turn on the TV while I'm at home or anything like yeah. that. Um, because that feed that it, I know it feeds my own fear and anxiety. So um, and, and I'm we better than media, I used to be. We know that media, that's that's how it works. Right. We, we, that they put out things that fuel fear and anger because that sells, that stimulates parts of our brain that keep going back for more. And so um, there's also that. How much do we get through the media? Is it um, blown up even more as a way to keep us coming back? Mm-hmm. Well, and we, you've talked about the negativity bias that we, t- our brains tend to go there anyway. So it does also. Yeah. To- our brains look for what's wrong. Our brains believe that there's less peace and less opportunity than there really is. Right. So that's how we're designed to stay alive, but it's not a always true and B, it certainly doesn't enhance our well-being and our capacity to really right. flourish and have a, a good life. Right. So. So, yeah, I would say I, I watch a lot less than I used to. And I know that I know that that's helped my own yeah. anxiety. I'm also in a different position in my career that I think I used to feel like I needed to understand and know locally what was going on. I mean, I was, was part of my role was to understand and frankly, brace myself for what might be coming on a local level. What that did to you over the years. It did. That phrase has been really like, it really sat with me as you said it, brace myself. You said it a couple of times and I'm like, oh, brace myself, brace myself. Like that's hard on one's body. It is. And it's a, but it is also, I, I look back at my career. I worked, you know, in the public eye or with the public for so many years and then also in the criminal system and in the legal system. So there were always things coming 
that was part of my role was to figure out how to react to things. Yeah. And even that, like let react. me figure out how to react. Yeah. Instead of respond, let yeah. me give myself some space to process and respond versus like, I got to be able to react. Yeah. Cause it's such a different nervous system. It is. And I think what I will say now that we're talking about this is that stepping away from that, it's been about 10 months now. I mean, my first month, I think I told you I slept for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Like I was so, I didn't know how tired I was. Yeah. So that resetting of my nervous system that I feel like I've been working on for the past 10 months. I now see, I'm much more conscious of the shift that happens because I've gotten to more homeostasis. I think I know now how good it can feel to not be in fight or flight. Reactivity all the time. Yes. So I'm not, clearly I still have work to do. We all do, but, um, but I'm conscious of it now. Mm. I know that there's a different way to, to help myself be. And so, and that, but it's daily work. It's knowing feeling a little like stress bubbling up. What do I need to do to bring it back down? You know, I find myself kind of writing that during the day, but, but I'm more mindful of it because I'm tuning into it in a different way. And I do know that I'm more effective, that I'm more efficient, that I, I'm more joyful when I'm not in fight or flight. Yeah. And if you are watching news nonstop, you will most likely be in fight flight most of the day. So it is a choice. It is a choice for people. And I'm not suggesting that there is a right or wrong way. I think that this is part of what each of us individually have to figure out is what serves us. Mm-hmm. Does it serve us or is it a part of our job? Or is it just we have a deep interest in sociopolitical issues and we're fascinated by everything that goes on in the world? Um, you know, we have to each figure out what our consumption, what our digestion of the world events around us looks like. Um, and for me, I, I am a highly sensitive person and an empath. And so, um, which is about 20% of the population is a highly sensitive person. And so I really feel things at a very intense level. And so I just know it does not serve me to be in the, like, I don't watch any scary movies. I just turned a movie on the other night mm-hmm. and there was a bunch of violence. It was the water world, the new, well, it's not that new, but it's the one with the aliens, the blue people. What is that? Why can't I, why am I blanking on that movie? Avatar? Avatar. It was the Avatar movie. And I kind of dig science fiction. And so um, I was on a plane and I'm like, oh, this is a long movie. This is going to be perfect. And like right in the first scene, there's all this violent and guns and shooting. I'm like, no, no, this is not where I want my head space and my body space to be. So I turn it off right away. So I'm one of those boring people. <laughs> but how I feel like I work with my own sense of social justice and how I sort of think about my work in the world is to keep my nervous system calm because we are all interconnected. Mm-hmm. We are all interconnected. My energy is interconnected with every other person's on this planet. So I know that I have tools and practices and a long history of learning how to calm my own nervous system and be in as stable, deep of a connection to that as I can. And that ripples out. That is a benefit. I remember having a teacher in the past that said, uh, meditation is social justice. Mm. You get up and meditate every morning, which I have done for, I don't know, eight years. I don't miss a day. I get up every morning. That's social justice because that nervous system and that energy that you're putting out into your 
family and into your community and into the people you impact, that that's doing powerful work in the world. So, you know, I think that we all personally get to decide how we consume what's going on in the world, what we do about it, what we don't do about it, how much we want to see, how much we want to shield ourselves from it. And it's not, I don't believe it's right or wrong. Like, can we can we offer people the richness of personal choice that each of us gets a choice about how we move through this world and how we work in this world and how we serve this world? Because I think we also are all here to serve. Yes, I totally agree. Right, And some people it is to serve as like getting out there and, you know, being active in terms of fighting against things. For other people, it's bringing peace to the world. I mean, I, it's different for all of us. We all have to decide. And then we all have to honor that each of us gets to choose. Yes, absolutely. There's no no one right way. And I even think for individuals, things can happen. And depending on where you're at in your own life right then, things can hit differently. Sure. So I think it also ebbs and flows for us as, as individuals. But you're right. The ripple... The ripple cannot be ignored. The, yeah. The, and, and we were talking in preparing for this about how we also, we have individual choice, but we also have one another. So when you and I talk about how we're each doing, um, I feel more supported and acknowledged just by having the conversation. Yeah. Because otherwise you feel like, am I the only one feeling heavy right now. And so we do need to be able to support each other and remind one another, like, I hear you and I see you and I'm, I, I, you're not alone because often I think, and I, especially when we're anxious, we can hold, we hold that in. We, we feel like we can't acknowledge that to others and there's power in having someone to, to share how you're doing. Um, most and, people are anxious these days. I think yeah. it's a, it's a rare thing for someone not to be in anxiety modes because they're, because again, our world is so complicated. There's so much coming at us all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think, unfortunately, anxiety has become more the norm than the exception. Right. But that human connection to me is another way to pull yourself into the present moment. So when you and I have a conversation, yeah. like even right now, I feel very present right now. So I'm not thinking about mm-hmm. an hour from now, two hours from now, next week. I So if you are struggling and feeling like you're worrying all the time, that connection with another human yeah. and, and can be good. Yeah. And the neuroscience, I'm going to geek out a little bit on this, but the neuroscience that we, that it's pretty new, it's polyvagal theory by Stephen Porges, which he started talking about it like the mid nineties, but social engagement is this new portion of understanding our nervous system that he honed in on and is now talking about. And I think therapists are really starting to see, which is that when we have social engagement, when we're overwhelmed, the first thing we actually try to do is reach out to Mm -hmm. other people. And if we can make eye contact if we can have a conversation, if we can see that someone else is listening to us and sees us, our nervous system starts to notch down. Now, if that is not available to us, then we will flip more into a fight flight response um, or a freeze response if we feel like we're really overwhelmed. And so um, the, the power of this polyvagal theory is that 
social engagement is huge. Mm -hmm. Real seeing, real connection with people is, is powerful to help us reset our nervous system and live in this very divisive world. It's a great reminder. So what are, what are some of the tools you use when you're overwhelmed or you start to feel you meditate in the morning, which is yeah, a positive way to start the day. Every day. Um, um, for me, I mean, yeah, definitely social engagement. I have a handful of people in my life who are really solid and steady, and I make an effort each week to spend time with them. And that always feels like a big reset for my system. Just, again, having someone really see me and hear me. Um, for me, movement, of course, moving things through my body, stress, tension, trauma, it all gets stuck in the body. And so I do a lot of active practice practices, yoga, of course, but also other more like we we're going to have a guest on We just recorded it, Michaela Bohm, who does nonlinear movement. I do a lot of nonlinear movement, which you can do anytime, anywhere, do anytime, anywhere. I do a lot of shaking and bouncing. I do a lot of saltwater baths. Um, I, you know, I do journaling quite a bit just to kind of let my emotional self process things on the page. Um, and then I, I do a lot of sort of prayer and intention setting to keep my mind healthy. So, um, and there's a consistency in my practices. Like I can look back on my life and see there were periods of time where I would really be in a lot of conscious practice because I would be suffering and then I would be in a, a happy, easy phase of my life and I would just let them all go. Whereas my commitment level has changed now mm-hmm. that I, I'm doing the practices all the time, no matter what. Right. You're not. You're... Uh, it's no more like the oh shit practices. <laughs> like my life is falling apart. I better meditate and get to yoga. It's right. like, no, this is now my lifestyle. Yeah. I would add in there for me, nature has become total uh that fills me up as fast as anything anymore and and it's going to get harder because it like you said winter is coming but you spend time outside every day almost every day now yeah you take a walk or how do you do it yeah walk yeah and for me there there'll be times you know even if the weather's a little starting to get iffy um but i actually find and part of that has been some of the adventures you and i've been on that's changed my perceptive perception on like the weather's too bad to be outside mm. i actually f- find i actually appreciate it more now even if it's starting to rain or you know i'm not afraid of that anymore ah uh, you're not afraid of no. whether you get out there no winter no or what walking yeah. And I, what I realized is I've missed out like seeing, you know, the trees, you, you're just more present when you're walking versus yeah. like just driving through the neighborhood. And I feel like I, it, it definitely is a, is a pick me up a mind. It shifts my, it, well, it's body, it's movement, but it's yeah. also presence for yeah. me. It like kind of combines all these things mm. into one. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I'll take someone on my walk with me. I'll call my sister. So then I'm, I have social connection. I'm in the, like, so yeah. I see that for me as kind of meeting a lot of those needs all at one time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and nature itself is the great equalizer. Mother Earth is the great balancer. She 
I believe we can sort of give our, <laughs> our challenges, our stress, you know, and she will kind of soak it up and recycle mm -hmm. it. So I think that's adding in another big, powerful piece of just like relying on yeah. uh, mother nature. Yeah. There's to comfort, help you process through things. that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to um, sort of also put forth um, that when you look at women, um, you know, I, I don't have any research or data on this. Like, are women being more impacted right now by all of the atrocities and the challenges? You know, we're seeing women and children on the news being harmed. Like, are women more negatively impacted by seeing these images than men. And again, I don't, I don't know. There's maybe some social scientists out there who know the research on this, but um, women in general, the feminine energy is able to hold more chaos. We are sort of the, the containers. Mm -hmm. Women are containers. The feminine principle is the container. It holds, right? It holds like uh, why women hold space in the home. We have mm -hmm. space in our womb to hold babies. Um, so I feel like also as women, we are designed to be able to hold all that's happening in, in a way, because that's what our energy is sort of geared towards. Right. Um, so knowing that we are such receptacles, again, there's that personal choice. When are you too full? When are you too toxified? When is it too much? When are you overflowing? When do you need to release some of this? Um, yeah, I do think we can hold a lot. And we also have a point where it's like too much. I'm overflowing here. Yeah. Because we also we hold a lot of the emotional load for our families. Yes, we do. And Absolutely. so when you're doing that on a regular basis in your home, in your family, and then suddenly the, you feel like you're doing it on a global level. I was thinking about how there was some talk about, you know, as a mother, we all have this urge and innate kind of motherly instinct. I think it lives at, you know, how it comes out and, and how you process it is different, but but the, the, that's the feminine too. And so seeing, like you said, seeing those images, seeing children, there's a, there's a draw as a mother yeah. that I think amps this up to a level that isn't probably the same for men right now with, with some of the things we're seeing. And so, so you're right. I think we can hold a lot and yet it is okay to say, I can't hold any more right yes. now Yes, and yes. ask for help. Yes. I have to, um, maybe one of the ways we can start to sum this up is there's this great quote by uh, Henry Thoreau, who clearly was a, a wise writer and human who said, I'm going to go to Walden Pond for a while and mm -hmm. detach myself. Um, but he advised, read not the times, read the eternities. And I really love this. I mean, he, I don't know what was sociopolitically going on for Henry Thoreau in his days, but I'm sure there was something because there's always, always something. something. Yeah. But his awareness of like, read yourself, read the eternities, go in, take care of yourself, listen to yourself. And I do feel like there is a lot of truth in that, that um, if we are so caught up in allowing externals to impact how our day goes, how we feel, if we're bracing, because what's going to happen, right? then we're kind of at the whim of this external world that we have no control over. Whereas if we read the eternities, if we go into ourselves, the depth of ourselves, um, we actually, uh, there's, there's a lot more 
I don't want to say control, but there is, right? Like yeah. we, we we get to work with our inner space, whereas I can't one person change what's going on in the world right now. Nope. So, so you know, taking care of ourselves and turning in, I think is one of the most powerful things we do have control over and can actually help liberate us on some level. And I would add to that, that on top of going in and doing what you need to do internally and, and focusing there, I think we do also have an opportunity to, and I'm going to quote Maggie Smith as a poet who says, you could make this place beautiful. What can you do in your neighborhood, in your family? Like, what are actions you can take that in your small little piece of the world, you can make a little bit better. Yeah. And so in addition to like being present, being mindful, being soft with yourself, going in, I think there's also a balance in being able to take some action in your part of the world to make it more beautiful that also can alleviate some anxiety and make you feel. Yeah. I have a slightly powerful. different perspective of it. Of it. Because I sort of feel like if you are really uh, filling up your own internal space and making your own internal space as beautiful as possible, it's going to spill out versus the force of like, I have to take action. Like, do you see what I mean? It feels to me like one more thing. It's like, oh, and I have to make my family's home beautiful and I have to make my community. Like to well, me, that feels like a pressure. Whereas I feel like if we're really fueling ourselves, it does naturally exude out. Does that yeah. make sense? I mean, I think it's just small semantics, but yeah. the pressure of like, there's this. Oh yes, I'm not suggesting that. To like I've got to make everything. No, I'm suggesting me. a way to make the world more beautiful is to be kind. Yes, to, yes. I'm just suggesting yes. like you can do. You do have things in your power to make the world yeah. beautiful, not from an aesthetic point of view, from a connection point of view, yeah. from a. Um, yeah, be kind to the barista. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. A lot. No drop something. Help them pick it up. Exactly. Yeah. Those small little things that add up. Yeah. And can change someone else's day because that to me is the ripple. Yeah. And if you are, like, to your point, if you are clear and you are doing your own work to manage your nervous system and go in, then it becomes easier it to just do naturally. It just naturally. Yeah. I remember I studied with Wayne Dyer once and I'll never forget this. Wayne Dyer was a, he's written a ton of books and I had a chance right before he died to actually go to a like training with him. And I'll never forget this. He said, when you squeeze an orange, what comes out? Orange juice. When you squeeze a human, what comes out? Like when the tough times come and you squeeze a human, what comes out? Anger, frustration, hatred, or kindness compassion, love, connection. And so I thought that was so true. Yeah. Like really it is the hard challenging times that squeeze us. What comes out? What comes out? In what you? comes out in you? You know, that is a, that's going to show you what's in you. And yes. so the more committed we are to creating a beautiful inner space that when things happen and we get squeezed, what's going to come out? Well, the goodness we've been cultivating on the inside starts to come out. And it does give, when you think about it in this way, it is empowering, which is something I think 
when the world feels out of control, yeah, being able to feel empowered in some way and, and owning that every day and knowing what, you know, that we do have things within our control is, I think it's very important for us to think about right now, because, you know, the other way to look at it is there isn't anything I can do. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that we, that we don't also have a responsibility to, to do our own, our own, continue to do our own work because one person at a time, it becomes, it becomes, it's how we change the planet and the world. Um, one person at a time. So yeah. be that change, be that be change. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, Kate. Hello, listeners. We want to let you know that we have so much gratitude that you join us in these conversations every week. We want to continue to uplift and connect with women-owned businesses and businesses that are supporting women. So if you are one of those or have a recommendation for someone that may want to sponsor an episode, please have them reach out at tendherwild.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Kate Moreland Coaching and Heartland Yoga. As a coach, I am an advocate for authenticity and well-being for individuals, organizations, and communities. Through my coaching work, I like to help you connect to your authenticity. Whether you're an individual, a leader, or an organization, your creative power lies in your authenticity. Doing the work to understand your strengths and acknowledge the patterns and rocks that are in your way is the path to well-being. Whether it's your career or your relationship with yourself or others, transformative change begins within. You can reach me at katemorelandcoaching.com. Heartland Yoga has been in business for nearly 15 years. I founded this studio with the intention for it to be a safe place where people could come and heal. I also knew that I wanted a business that fostered community and connection. So if you are looking to deepen your yoga practice, heal from physical, emotional, mental wounds, or simply connect with people who are like-minded, Heartland Yoga is a place that we would love to welcome you into, whether it's online or in person. You can find out more information at www.heartlandyoga.com. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.